So I think you know, there's really nowhere for them to go. And so I, I'm just saying, I said all that to say, I just think it's over for LeBron as far as winning championships. I think there's nowhere to go. I think the best thing LeBron can do, stay in Cleveland. You will compete. You will still play at a high level. Maybe by some miracle, you can make some moves and compete in two years. But I think Philadelphia's coming. Boston's coming. I, I think by the time you get good enough, will you still be good? And that's the thing. Houston, maybe. But then if you don't win after that year, two years in, you just got a lot of veteran players. It's, it's just like Miami from a couple years ago. L.A., same thing. It's going to take a couple years. I just think he's just in that vacuum. He's just in that weird space like there's nowhere for him to go to win within the next two years so no matter what he does and I think he's got another two years of greatness so it's like he's in a situation where he has this greatness but he can't take it anywhere to win a championship he's just gonna be great for no reason he's gonna be great as but not good enough to beat Golden State Golden State's gonna win the next one next one for sure Maybe in the next two, no matter where he goes. And by the by three years from now, who's to say he can even still play at a high level where he'd be good enough to win to help someone else? So I think LeBron has I think to me, I stay in Cleveland one more year. Give him one more year to fix the shit. You opt out next year. I think the landscape will be a lot better. Then you make a move. Well, that's my thing on the NBA. But Congrats to Golden State. I mean, just they handled their business. It wasn't the most prettiest dominant Golden State, but they didn't have to. So the question is, who's going to make Golden State really, really play? I, I just really want to see Golden State really play at an optimum level, and they just really haven't been forced to. So it's going to be interesting to see as to who can, who can take them. Maybe it's Boston next year. Maybe it's Philly, you know. Maybe Houston can do some things. Maybe another team in the West rises up and challenging them. But next, it's, it's, they're going to win next year and possibly the next two years. That's just the way it is. So anyway, um, just just moving on to other news. Um, I want to talk about Kim Kardashian. And I just thought it was very interesting how... She has totally leveraged her celebrity, her brand, into totally rebranding herself. I think she's becoming a, from the mainstream's perspective, I, I might not think this, but she has, she's getting into a, a political space and a, a activist space, and that was a great power move. And I think I want other women, especially black women, to understand opportunity, to understand timing, and how to use your timing correctly in getting the most out of that squeeze. Kim Kardashian knows, regardless of what you think of Kim K, with the whole Ray J tape, and dating this guy, dating that guy, and being with Kanye and the TV show and this and that and 
her sisters and the mom and Chris Jenner and Rob Kardashian and it's just it's just all this stuff. Through all of that, she's managed to make a multi-million dollar brand. And she realized, and she's still attractive, but she knows that she's in the twilight of her sex appeal. And now she's using that last squeeze to segue into a different space. A space where she can continue her brand, she can stay relevant. And using her husband, Kanye West, who's already met with Trump and knows Trump, she was able to wedge her way in to get the sister, Anne Marie Johnson, pardoned, who had a life sentence for a non-violent drug crime. Now, if she can continue, it, it was a publicity stunt. It, she, at the end of the day, she got the sister out. I'm glad she's out. Um, yes, I believe she used it to advance her stature to, to kind of talk about prison reform and and the whole thing. Now, from my perspective, being a, a black man, I think if she can continue to champion that for black people and get more black men out of jail and people like Anne-Marie Johnson, that's huge. Now, we, we have all these other black celebrities. We got people like Issa Rae. We have people like Ava DuVernay. We, we have all these other black women celebrities who have platforms, but it's, it's attacking black men. It's attacking, it's pushing this, um, this me too thing. And, and, and this, and just getting caught up in the current hashtags instead of using this platform and really squeezing it and continuing on because Issa Rae doesn't realize, I mean, I'm happy for Issa Rae. I'm not an Issa Rae hater, but I'm not happy the fact she's going to basically bash black men on her third season of Insecure. I mean, that's just some bullshit to me, but it is what it is. I mean, she has a huge black woman demographic, probably 25 to 45, which is a huge demographic. She's a huge woman following, so I can't do anything about that. But she has to realize you can only do so go far with insecure. What are you gonna do after insecure? You know, you have an opportunity to broaden your horizons, to broaden your scope and your audience. Okay, to segue yourself into an audience that can get you into other things, and that's what Kim K is doing. Because Kim K realized, like, you know what, my fans and People support me. I, I can't rely on them forever. I have to get a new audience. And that's what she's doing. She's getting a new audience. And I really think Kim Kardashian is going to be governor of California, if not a House of Res- Representative seat or senator. But I really think she's going to make a run for governor of California. And she's going to win. And possibly a presidential run down the road. You know, people might think it's crazy, but I think that's where it's going. I think she has the smarts. I think she has the 
business savvy to do that. I don't know whether she'll get to the presidential, get to the White House. I don't know. But I do think she's going to be the next president, the next governor. Not the next. She will be governor of California soon. She's going to be governor. I, I think she's going to make a run at governor. And she will win. She will win convincingly. And it, it's... And I'm looking on Instagram and, and I see so many black women who have million, two, three, four million followers. And they're not maximizing it. There's still this low level kind of doing features, you know, showing, doing bookings and photo shoots. And that's all good and fine because I, I believe black women are the most beautiful women on the planet. And I think it's a gift and a curse. The gift is obvious. You know, black women, they, they, they're they beautiful women. They, they live the longest. They stay healthy. They're the most healthiest. They, they keep their looks longer. I mean, it's women 55, 60, 65 years old. You got people like Angela Bassett who's killing women in their 30s. You know, that's the, the, so they can still keep your looks. But I think one of the curses is that that's the thing. They can keep your looks for so long that I think they try to um, optimize or monetize their looks too long. You know, there's certain people here who, you know, they may have a million followers and, and they have the looks, but they're 40, 45 years old. and They're still trying to be a sex symbol. That's cool. You want to be a sex symbol, but I'm looking at the moves that Cole Murphy's making. Like, yo, the Cole Murphy's like, I'm 50 years old. I'm still fine at 50, but shit, I got to get something else popping. So now she got, you know, the the, the, the beauty line going and, and the jewelry line going. So that's going to carry her over. She can't just ride out the, the whole looks forever. She's like, okay, I need to shut it down. And, and, and move on to something else. And, and that's what I want to see more of the, the, the Instagram celebrities doing. If you got you know, over 500,000 followers, or close to a million followers, you, you need to be in business. You, you need to be drop shipping. You need to be selling, you know, hoodies and T-shirts and memorabilia and clothing and shit on Shopify and on Amazon. You need to be dipping into 30, 45% of that market. And getting into other ventures because you can't just do the whole looks thing forever. So, so I hope my sisters will, will, will start to look and, and really think with strategy and not think with so much envy and vitriol and, and judge being judgmental about everything all the time. Always looking at things from a negative slant and start taking your emotions out of certain things and look at why certain other women do certain things. Because it seems like even in relationships, it seems like some of the most beautifulest women are the most lonely women. I look, I see all these weddings. I see, and not that these women are getting married and not beautiful, but I'm just saying the, the, the cream of the crop, the most beautiful, the most Desired women aren't the ones that get married. It's usually the ones that's kind of like in the median. The 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 to the average to above average looking women are the ones that's married and, and have families. 
and have meaningful relationships. And it just seems like a lot of the, the more top shelf, beautiful women, they're the ones, the most desirable, the ones that's, that's not... It's, just, it's not getting in these meaningful relationships. And I, and I think it's because their looks can be a curse. They feel like they can, it's like, I, I'm getting all this attention, all this desirability. I'll just keep, I can just keep milking it and I can just one up this guy. Yeah, I know this guy wants me, but it's another, be- it's a better dude, better to him down the road. And you just keep going for that better and that better and that better. Before you know it, it's like you're out the game now. You, you, you're in this, just like LeBron James. You're in this. You 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 push your, You've painted yourself in this corner. You're still desirable. You can still compete, but you're no longer marriage mature. You're no longer considered wife mature. It's like dudes will rock with you. Dudes will date you. They'll they will engage with you. They will they will admire you. But now. The question is, will they marry you? And maybe, maybe not. You know, I know women who get married in their early 50s, middle 50s. But it's, I think sometimes when you're desired so much that it can backfire sometimes. Maybe you pass up, you passed up on too many guys. And now when you're ready, when you're tired of passing up, it's like the guys that really wanted you they pick someone else. Maybe they feel slighted. It's like, well, now you want me. And the whole thing. So it's it's important to keep your audience going. And and I think if you are to my black women who are still viable, that's the still, you know, you have a great career, you have your looks, to continue to get into other arenas, different audiences, different demographics, from the personal life, dating life business, everything. You just don't want to stay in, in, in that same lane. You know, you may have fans in, in one demographic, but what about if you go up a level, a social economic level, will you still have the same attention? Will you have the same desirability? Can you make that transition? I think a lot of women don't think of things that way. Like, yeah, you, you know, because desirability is relative. Now, to the to the blue-collar guys and the guys just, that, that works at the plant, the mailman, the, the, the guy that, you know, that, that works at, you know, the smart bus and all this stuff, to that demographic, you're desirable. Now, if you want to go up a level to the bankers and the entrepreneurs and, and, and the doctors and the dentists and, and the lawyers that's in their 40s and lower 50s, are you desirable to them? Will you have that same following? So that's something um, to think about. You know? And I think, I hope, I like Issa Rae. I like her show. Um, there's some things I don't like. And from the way I'm hearing from season three, I don't think I'm going to like a lot of those things I'm going to see. But I really hope that this isn't it for her. I hope that she has enough for you know, insight and vision to look ahead and realize that you needed a different audience other than black women. And I, I hope I hope she can realize that. So moving on, um, I always I wanted to talk about LeVar Ball 
and innovation. And, you know, people, um, well, the media has, has vilified LeVar Ball. They, they, he's been criticized. He's been um, saying he's a bad father. You know, all type of crazy, goofy shit. He's too outspoken. He needs to be quiet. He needs to calm down. And, and quietly, this guy is on his way to being a multi-billionaire. I, I really do believe that. I really do believe in the next 10 years that the ball brand will be a billion-dollar brand. And it's happening right before our eyes. This is a guy who's seizing the moment, he's seizing an opportunity, and he's taking it. And this is 2018. I'd say by 2028, I think the Junior Basketball League will be an international league. I think it will be global. I think this is something he will take global. He will, he will be doing it in Canada, Mexico, China, India, Australia, Africa, Europe, Western Europe, Australia. I think he's gonna he's gonna have it global and it's gonna be a billion dollar conglomerate. It's gonna be an international farm system for the NBA. And and I think really an international league, which I think in the future will be bigger than the NBA, is an international basketball league. That's something way, way down the road. Still the, the America is where the best basketball players are, but I think eventually that could change. You know, it could it could change um, over time. But with that, and as well as the baller brand, with the shoes and the merchandising, I think he's only scratching the surface. So I, I just want everybody when you when you, when you get a chance, you know, if you on Instagram, if you on Facebook, to to. Go to the, um, the you know, the Farballs Instagram. Go to the JBA uh, website, the, the Junior Basketball League. Um, I, I just think this is phenomenal what he's doing. I think right now it's like 10 cities. I know it's Houston. I think it's like Houston, Chicago, New York, Philly. I think LA, uh, Oakland has a team. Um, I think it's about eight to ten teams, and they're going to be going around to different cities, playing in arenas. It's going to be like a three-month summer league, but it's open and and it's necessary because you you look at the NCA, you look at what's happened to Sean Miller, who was involved in FBI surveillance of him making payments. You looked at what's happened to great coach like Rick Pitino. And it's just going to be more names to come as we move along. And these coaches are in very, the coaches and the players are in tough situations because the NCAA, they're just basically, it's, it's, it's worse than a communist system. It's, 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 it's slave labor. You have this billion dollar entity where billions and billions of dollars are being made. And merchandising, and licensing, and TV broadcasts, and streaming, audio, radio, uh, merchandise, advertisements, sponsorships, and the NCA, they, they're not paying taxes, they're a nonprofit organization, they don't pay taxes, 
These schools make millions and millions of dollars. These coaches are making millions of dollars. These athletic directors are making millions of dollars. The TV, the broad, the CBS, TBS, and these networks are making millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars. But the guys is actually doing the work that, and these guys, man, they don't want to go to college. They just don't. They, you know, to the, I mean, because it's about 10,000 high school basketball players in the United States. And probably, I would say, a thousand are fringe Division I NBA Euro League talent, depending on work ethic, talent, height, all those measurables. So you got about 10%. Uh, now, the other 90%, yes, a lot of them, they do want a college scholarship, but you take those 500 to 1,000 guys, they all kind of think, I got a chance to be a pro. Now, if you want to cut it down to 500, I would say it's about 100 guys a year that have a shot at the NBA. Of making it. Then you got all your friends, guys. You know, some guys go to Europe, some go to Australia, South America, wherever that they're gonna play. They go to Turkey, Istanbul, Israel. I mean, it's it's leagues everywhere. Um, and that's cool. You know, they they make good living. You know, Ben Simmons' dad played overseas. Kobe's dad played overseas, and the money is getting better over there in China, and and things of that sort. So it's. You, you can still, you know, of course, it's not like the NBA contracts, but they're still nice contracts. So that, that's what guys are gunning for. I mean, college, yes, yeah, expensive, but you can go to college. I mean, if, if I had a son, he was a top 100 basketball player in the nation, and he wanted to take a shot at the NBA, I would, I would let him go for it. I would say, son, go, go for it, go for the pros. You know, I, I'm all for him going into LeVar's JBA league, do your thing, try to get drafted. Even if you want to play college for a year, you want to go pro after a year, take your chances, Go, you know, play, play your years out. If it doesn't work out, man, you can still go to college. You're still, I mean, some of these guys are 23, 24 years old. Maybe knowing, okay, I'm not going to make the pros. But maybe they can still play overseas. And you don't have to go to college when you get out of high school. You can still go to college. You can pick up all the trades. You can start your own business. It's other things to do. There's plenty of people going to college. So this whole notion that it's college or like college is just the only way to get to the NBA and most of the guys who don't even that even finish college that there's no guarantee they're gonna have a great career in the workforce they don't teach these guys any corporate skills or working in a corporate environment anyway so they're keeping this quiet it'll be interesting to see how long they can keep quiet because the NBA themselves will even start to look at a JBA league 
but but I'm rooting for LeVar Ball. I'm rooting for his, his innovation. Um, I'm definitely going to probably go to Houston and check out one of his these games, man. I hope he can get the licenses he needs. I hope to see more uh, black celebrities and black businesses um, get this guy support and licensing and sponsorship. You know, that's something to go. I, I definitely would want to do because, you know, this is an idea I have myself of even having a minor, minor league, you know, basketball league that just totally circumvents the NCAA. And, and I think he will. I think if he, he can get, um, you know, a, a, a team, like if he can get an Adidas, a Reebok, or Under Armour, one of these teams to support, to, to get some real cash flow going. Because I'm, t- I'm going to tell you something, man. I don't care how much you love Coach K or John Beeline or Coach Izzo or all these other guys, all these other coaches. If you got a chance to make, get a $300,000, $400,000 contract, $500 million contract at 16, 17 years old, and you can get that before you even make it to the NBA, you're going to take that money. I don't give a fuck. How, what tradition is going on at Duke or North Carolina or Kansas and none of the other goofy shit? These guys want money. They want to support their families. They want nice things just like everybody else. So I'm hoping that LeVar Ball can get sponsorship that he needs. And we have it. We have billionaires like Robert Smith. We we have billionaires like Bob Johnson who could help, who can get these games on BET, who, who can get them on streaming. You know, we, we can create our own streaming. We can create our own Amazon. We can create our own Roku to, to have our own TV shows, to have our own basketball. We don't have to be puppets and placate and and do all these stupid hashtags and followings and movements just to get the little breadcrumbs that these folks give us. As black people, we have the talent, the innovation, the vision to start establishing our our own platforms of what direction we want to go in and, and establishing generational wealth. Now, it's... um. past week or so, um, you know, a mentor that has taught me about real estate um, and about business as well, the King Jay Morrison. Shout out to Jay. Uh, Jay's taught me everything I know about credit and uh, business, branding, um, entrepreneurship, vision, enterprising real estate. He just went live with his two-tier real estate fund that's publicly traded on the S&P. And the OP, um, the beginning price, the, um, I can't think right now, but the, it started off at $50 now with a minimum of 10 shares. It was a $500 buy-in. Pretty meager, mild um, entry-level um, 
investment. It's, it's a passive investment. And um, there's been a lot of, 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 I've seen like YouTube videos and, and you know, people saying it's a scam. People saying it's this, people saying it's that. It's potentially a Ponzi scheme and whatever the case may be. Now, a lot of people have asked me my thoughts on Tulsa, if it's a good investment, should they do it? And two things. Um, well, I'll say three things. Number one, I've, I've supported Jay. Um, he's mentored me. I believe he works hard. I believe he has intentions on this working. Number two, I think with anything, and this is all dependent on everyone's financial situation. That, to me, you, you need to consult a financial advisor. And if you don't have a financial advisor, then that means you don't have a financial advisor for a reason. And I said that because most black people that make six figures above who have significant savings who have a portfolio IRA they have a financial advisor so they, they've already can make these decisions now for the people that's just in a regular working class maybe you work in check to check should you do it I think it's something that if you have the extra money I think it's something to look into. It's, 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 I think Jay deserves... Now, and, and that's the only problem I had about the whole scam thing. Like To me, like, okay, if you want to come out and say, well, there's certain things that you don't like about how he's marketing it, if you don't like the way it's structured, if you don't like the way it's... If you just don't like Jay, I mean, that's fine. If you don't like him, you don't like him. But... I think with his track record and, and what he's done and how he's helped people, I think Jay deserves the opportunity to see where this goes. And I'm happy for him and EJ and the whole JMA team because I know they work hard for being able to raise $10 million in less than 10 days. That's fucking phenomenal regardless to see a to see a black man do that now will it work I don't know it's, it's still in this embryonic stage there's a lot of layers to be unopened it's just this is be this is the opening and I'm coming out with a new book and one of the things I, I'm going to be talking about my new book is is that we're just not used as black people, we're not used to doing business with each other. So all of this in the last probably 10 years of this black entrepreneurship rise is, is all new from, you know, our standpoint. Now, it was pretty prevalent in 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s because we weren't really in the workforce. And this is some things I'm going to talk about in my next book, going into history and showing how there were no corporate jobs for us. We couldn't go work at Coca-Cola. We couldn't work at Budweiser. We couldn't work at 
you know, IBM or, you know, that there was only certain. So we had to have, we had to be enterprise. We had to have our own businesses at that time. But, you know, after 68 and civil rights and affirmative action, we were thrown in, integrated into white corporate America. And I'm going to talk about whether that was a good or bad thing. And it's, I think it's, um, it's, it, it, it's 50-50, you know, I can, I can give reasons for it. I can give reasons why it's, it's not a good idea. It hasn't been a good idea. I think it, it helped us as far as right now. I don't think it will help us for generations for down the road. So here we are. And I, I said all that to say that if, if you have an extra $500,000, give it, a, I, I would, I would say, really, I would say, number one, learn about stocks, learn, learn about REITs, learn, learn about, do, do you do diligence so you can manage your expectations and know that it's, it's not something that you may make money off of or make money off of right away. If, but if you are trying to look into generational wealth and having something to pass down, starting off at 50 shares, maybe one day it'll be worth $500 a share. Who knows? You, I don't know. I mean, this this is all new. We don't know really where it's going. And so that's I think that's the thing we have to get past because... A lot of people aren't buying into LeVar Ball because everything's at its beginning stages. They're looking at his gym shoes. Well, I don't see people wearing his gym shoes. Well, if you lived in the 70s, you didn't see a lot of people wearing Nikes. You didn't see a lot of people wearing Nike. Nobody's wearing Nike jogging suits and Nike apparel all over the place. Everybody was wearing Adidas. Adidas was the shit. But then Nike became the shit. But before Nike was the shit, they was just another shoe, damn shoe company. But the proper people got involved, stepped in, and here we are. Nike's one of the largest brands, apparel brands in the world. It's a billion dollar company. But then it didn't start off being, and, and that's what we have to see. It's like, we don't know. I mean, the lady, I can't remember her name. She had the trademark to the suicide. She sold it for $75. Obviously, she just didn't see where Nike was going. Now, if she would have waited and said, you know what? I'm not going to sell it to you, but I'll give you equity in this trademark. We'll split it 50-50. So wherever this logo goes, I'm getting half of it. So we got to understand equity. So if, if you want to be a visionary and just understand what equity means in business and knowing what it means to own something at its beginning stages. Sometimes jumping on things at the beginning is the best time to do it. Sometimes it's not. So this is going to be very interesting, but I did just still want to say that in my own personal experience and seeing how Jay works and his message I, I would say that he does deserve to at least consider and possibly invest into. I, I just wouldn't just say, well, this, this is a scam. So 
fuck it. I mean, nobody should do it. Or, you know, the whole thing of just telling people not to do it. I, I think he deserves better than that. Well, he does deserve better than that. I think he deserves an opportunity to see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, then oh well. If it does work out, it's great. Either way, it's a great thing. So if you just want to do $500, you know, it, 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 you know, if you got the extra money, instead of buying doing a Burt purse, ladies, put $500 in Tulsa, fellas, instead of getting that Xbox or them vintage phone posits, throw 500 in Tulsa. So, you know, it's it's all the same. You know, we'll see where it goes. But um, you know, that's it for bag talk. Um, I would just... Um, Encourage everyone, if, if you need credit repair, you can always hit up my website, um, www.myfes.net forward slash awilliams42. You can click the link. You can visit my website, Mr. 313 Real Estate, on Instagram. And learn about real estate, real estate wholesaling, um, credit repair, fi- all things financial. Um, we're having a... Real Life Real Estate Investing Seminar uh, next Saturday at 11 p.m. in Southfield. Um, Just go to my Facebook page, my Instagram to get all the details. You can go to the Instagram page, Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, You can register Real Life Real Estate Investing um, for slash events on Eventbrite to register so we know that you're coming. Um, If you're looking to buy money to to get access to cash to um leverage your credit to either scale your business start a new business if you want to upgrade your equipment if you want to you know buy a commercial building you need commercial funding whatever the case may be you want to get into the marijuana business you want to grow it whatever it is that you want to do you can follow me on my other instagram page Hyperion Capital, that's Hyperion, H-Y-P-R-I-O-N, underscore capital. You can go to the website at um, HyperionCapital.net. And if you have any questions, if you want a consultation about business funding, you can just dial the toll-free number which is 1-877-909-4785. That's 1-877-909-4785. So, hope everybody have a great evening. Uh, hopefully one time we'll be back. I believe he'll be back um, for next week. We kind of want to do the show every Monday and Tuesday, but we kind of got thrown off schedule with my worst schedule, his worst schedule. So, we won't be doing the show this week. It'll be next week, next um Next next Tuesday, uh, we'll be jumping in and um, talking about uh, more financial current news. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get more into uh, this whole tos- toxic masculinity thing. And from a business standpoint, we're gonna get into the TV opportunity. We're, you, we're gonna get into YouTube and digital marketing and some of the opportunities out there for uh, footage and content. So stay tuned for that. Peace out.